0: Hey, I'm Amber. And I'm Becca. And this is Forward Farming. Hey guys, welcome back to Forward Farming. You have another solo episode with me today. Um, So this week, I am just going to do a little chit chat, a little story time with you guys. um, Because... I don't I don't know what else to talk about this week I'm not gonna lie um it's been it's been it's been a week um so again last minute planning on my part uh just kind of scrambling and putting something together for you guys last minute uh, so I hope I hope you guys like this little story time um, that I'm gonna share with you uh, so I asked you guys to help me come up with a topic to talk about and I had a few people um, say that they wanted to hear my origin story. So where, how my interest in farming came about my transition time, um, in between school and farming and that kind of thing. So I know I've talked about it a little bit before, but never really in depth. So we're going to, we're going to chit chat about that because a lot of stuff happened in that time, um, that I don't really talk about a lot. Uh, it was, it's a lot. So, uh, sit back, grab a cold one if you want, or grab some water, you know, stay hydrated. You, you need to drink some water. Um, so before we get into that, we'll do some highs and lows. Uh, so my high for the week, um, like I said, this week, it's, it's been a tough one uh, for me. So my high, ooh, uh, Porter has been, um, smiling a lot more and very close to laughing. So that's always fun to see what gets him smiling. He has a little stuffed moose uh, that I named Mortimer that he loves. So he, I made up a little song for him, the Mortimer, the moose song, and he smiles every time that comes out. So that's been fun to kind of play with him in that sense and just see him developing. Um, He's going through like a new leap, like a development phase so he's been extra clingy, extra fussy, extra not sleeping. So uh that's been difficult, but it's also fun watching him grow and develop too. So he's growing like a weed. He's almost too big for three to six month clothing now. And he's not even three months old yet. So he's he's a growing boy, uh, but he's the best. Um, so my low uh it's like I said, it's been a heavy week for me, uh mentally, especially. Um, but also uh personally too. If you guys uh went mind uh saying a quick little prayer or sending some positive thoughts our way. My grandpa uh is being moved over to hospice care uh this week, so that's um obviously not ideal. Uh so we're kind of going through a little bit, uh, with that. Um, so it's my dad's dad. And, uh, we also lost my dad's brother, um, to cancer earlier this year too. So we're kind of having a a tough year, um, with, with that. So if, if you're the praying type, we could appreciate, uh, some extra prayers and, or just some, or some positive vibes sent our way. We really appreciate it. Um, so anyway, that's that, uh, uh, some goals for the week. I am trying my darndest to start a YouTube channel uh for Cranberry Chats. I just made my first video today. So I've been battling trying to get that uploaded today. I don't I don't understand. I did it on my phone. Uh so trying to figure out the best way to get that uploaded um from my phone onto YouTube, which shouldn't be that confusing, but is for me apparently. <laughs> so my goal is to get that out. Um sometime this week, whenever this, whenever this episode comes out, this, whatever my goal is to get that up this week. So (laughs) good grief. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, I made a cranberry cake with a butter sauce. That is really good. Um, so I'm going to try to do a couple of recipes on there and then show, um, a little bit more in depth on the marsh. So I have my cat is in here destroying her litter box. What a shit show. Um, I, I took a lot of videos during harvest this year and I'm trying to see if I can edit video and if I can, uh, maybe I'll make the podcast videos on YouTube a little bit better for you so you don't have to listen to my cat take its shit. <laughs> um anyway, so that's my goal is try to get that YouTube channel going. <laughs> and to stay on track for this episode okay so there's that Uh, let's get that out of the way we're going to take a drink of water because girls gotta stay hydrated for this episode (sighs) okay so let's uh let's let's chit chat for a second (sighs) after we shut the door Okay. So I have talked about, uh, what I did kind of my steps going from, uh, from high school to college to coming back to the marsh, but never really in depth. So growing up on the marsh, um, I, I think I mentioned this before. I, I have an older brother. His name is Rusty. Um, and I also have two, uh, boy cousins, they're both older than me. So I'm the youngest one out here and I'm also the only girl. So my entire family lives here on the marsh. So growing up, um, I, my brother and my cousins are kind of like my only playmates. I'm going to, this is going to sound really pathetic, but you know, that's farm life. (laughs) Uh, we're in the middle of nowhere. I didn't have, uh, like a ton of friends. (laughs) Gosh, I'm going to sound so pathetic. (laughs) but this is my therapy session, you guys. So I'm sorry. (laughs) It's, it gets happier somewhere in here. Uh, So growing up, my, my cousins and my brother were my playmates. Uh, So we all lived in, in very close proximity to each other. So I saw each other almost every single day. Um, My mom and her sister, uh, their husbands, my dad, my uncle, both married into the family business. Um, So, they came in with no prior farming knowledge and uh they they loved working out here. Um so when I was younger, uh I would go around with my dad a lot when he was on the marsh, especially when we'd have to watch frost at night. Uh I remember being, I don't even know, pretty young, like like the four to seven age range, I would say. Um, he always had like the middle of the night shift. So I remember waking up, he would come wake me up uh, in the middle of the night, like, I don't know, midnight, maybe, um, maybe two o'clock and we'd go downstairs and he'd have on some like really bad cable movie. Like I remember watching Godzilla, uh, like the original Godzilla with him until we had to go out and check, uh, temperatures and stuff. And he would, uh, pack a cooler of snacks for me because I'm always hungry. He knew that. So he'd put like juice bottles in a cooler with some like beef sticks and stuff. And he, we had these old like hand-knit Afghans and he'd wrap me up in that, carry me out to the truck. And then we would just drive around and uh, listen to country music um, and eat snacks. And it was a lot of fun. And that's something that I always remember and something that I hope to pass on to Porter uh, when he is a little bit older and can (laughs) sit upright, but that was always one of my fondest memories growing up was doing stuff like that with my dad or in the summer when we were able to irrigate at night, uh, or like early evening, we would, my brother and I would hop in the back of the pickup truck with my dad and my mom. And we'd just blast music and we'd sit, my brother and I would sit in the back. My parents are up front and we would just drive around the sprinklers and get hit with the sprinklers. Uh, and that was always really fun. That was kind of like, a. A special treat that we got to do every once in a while um so stuff like that was always really fun and just having uh built-in built-in friends and playmates out here with your family was a was a really great experience for me and it made me really appreciate uh the value of family at a young age and uh i'm i'm very close with all of all of them uh still today which is great um I've said this before. My grandma is right across the driveway from me. My parents are in my backyard, uh, and and one of my cousins is still here on the marsh with us too. So we're all very close together. Um, so kind of tagging along with my dad, I think. Kind of growing up too. Um, I don't know if he like my parents never put pressure on my brother and I to come back and and take over the marsh or come back home and work. They never made us feel like that's something that we needed to. They didn't make it feel like that was our responsibility. If we felt that we like if if one of us wanted to be a doctor, like go go be a doctor. Don't worry about us back home. Um so there was never any of that pressure. So I never really thought about it too much growing up. When I was little, I wanted to be what I called a vegetarian (laughs) uh, or a veterinarian. (laughs) Um, So when I was little, maybe like 10. Or so. Uh, My mom talked to our local vet and she asked if she could, uh, if I could follow her around to like a little mini job shadow for an afternoon or something. So I got to see a cat teeth cleaning. (laughs) Um, And I think I got to see a dog get neutered, which is (laughs) very educational. And then we went out to a farm. And I've said this before, I'm going to keep saying it over and over again. I knew nothing about cows. I still don't know much about cows. Uh, so when we got there, uh, I was I had no idea what was going on. Um and then I saw her pull out a big blue glove and I was like, that's weird. What's she gonna do with that? And then I saw what she did with that, and at, it was at that moment I did not want to be a vet anymore because I didn't want to have to shove my hand up a cow's butt. That was just absolutely disgusting to me and still a little disgusted by it. No offense to uh people that do that. Good for you. I could never <laughs> um. So that was when my dreams of being a veterinarian crashed and burned. Um, And then after that, I I don't remember if I knew what I wanted to be after that. I think I just kind of floated through school. Um, I was never the best at school. Uh, My brother was very smart. Uh, He is very smart. Um, So he did really well in school. And I went to a school that wasn't that big. And he, Rusty is three years older than me. So when he was a senior in high school, I was a freshman none of the teachers knew that we were related. Like we were that different. Uh, So he was very like school driven, just very outspoken, outgoing, um, just good at school. And I was not, I was quiet. Um, I'm pretty much, I'm very introverted. I didn't get involved in a lot of uh, activities like he did. I was involved, but not in like smart stuff that he was. (laughs) Um, I tried, I tried to do well, uh, mostly so I could get into college. Uh, <laughs> and so I could uh, not get kicked off of sports. Sports is my thing. Um, I played volleyball and softball um, all the way through high school. And then I played a year of softball in college. Um, but yeah, in high school, no idea what I wanted to do. Um, I wasn't really sure kind of towards the end of my senior year uh, or during my senior year, I um, was recruited to play volleyball actually, uh, at, at a small D3 school. Um, but then I don't think I've ever told this story during my senior year of volleyball. I'm just bouncing all over the place. Keep up (laughs) during my senior year of volleyball. Um, it was right after homecoming. So it was like, uh, right before senior night. So, uh, we were playing our, our, our volleyball team was awful. I was a setter, uh, So we were playing this school who had a girl who was just an absolute beast of an athlete. She um, got full ride scholarship offers to Madison for her choice of volleyball, softball, or basketball. Like she was just a mammoth of a girl, super sweet, just a monster at at sports. And uh, she was an outside hitter and I was a setter. I was in the pocket when she crushed a ball into my face. Uh, I didn't have time to react. I just took it in the face like a champ. Um, I blacked out. I I just went black. I couldn't see a darn thing. And all I knew is I was still stuck in my squatting position. <laughs> I was in the ready position. Uh, and then all of a sudden I felt hands on my shoulders, pulling me up, spinning me around, and I felt warm. Uh, I felt warm on my face and I, I, it was really weird. Like I was just kind of like coming back to, and then like when I started to see things, it was dark again because I had a trainer shove a towel on my face and ran me off the court and into the training room. Uh, I was immediately given a concussion test, failed it miserably. Um, went to the doctor, uh, had a broken nose and a concussion, <laughs> So um, she, she literally knocked, knocked the bejesus out of me, Um, but she came in after the game to check on me. (laughs) This wasn't the first time this, she did this to someone. Um, So she was very apologetic, very sweet. She checked in on me like uh, at least a couple of times uh, just to make sure I was doing okay. Um, So that kind of ruined Volleyball for me. I I don't think I've played ever since then, which is okay. Um, that that's okay. So I went on to play softball instead at the same college. Uh, I was a walk on, uh, so I wasn't I wasn't scouted beforehand. So I just walked on, uh, made the team. Uh, very small school that I went to my freshman year. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> jumping back to high school. Uh, so yeah I didn't know what I wanted to do in high school um but every summer I would work on the marsh so my job was to pull weeds and I would try to recruit a couple friends to come work with me every summer uh, just to make the days less lonely so uh, we would have to pull maple trees uh, and just throw them in a bucket so we do that from eight to five every single day had a great tan <laughs> had a lot of fun uh just talking, uh, building relationships with friends out there, but not a glamorous job, uh, not one that I would recommend, uh, unless you're a high schooler, it's a great way to build character is what my parents told me. So, uh, there's that I, at that point, I didn't really think about coming back to the marsh. Um, I was like, yeah, maybe if I, if I can't find anything else I like, but I didn't like have my heart set on it. So then, uh, when I graduated high school, I went to college. Very small college, um, kind of by Green Bay, Appleton, that area. Um, terrible experience there. Very terrible. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I I went. I played softball. Um, and as in, at that point, when I went to school, I thought I was going to be a speech pathologist so speech therapy is what I wanted to go to school for this year during that year so I was taking a lot of really hard uh, biology classes psychology classes um again I'm not great at school uh and I really found that out during uh, this first year um so I outside of softball I got involved in a very bad relationship um, that almost ruined my life <laughs> putting it gently um, very uh, mentally abusive, uh, a little bit physical abusive too. Um, just just bad news. It was it was not healthy at all. Uh, so that mixed in with the extra pressure of uh, school uh, and and softball, trying to keep up with everything, I crashed and burned miserably, so miserably. Uh, tail sprint tailspin into very bad depression, which sent me back home. Um, I dropped out of that school, uh, like a week before classes started, had no idea what I was going to do with my life. So I went to a community college that fall semester. I stayed home and I worked on the marsh during harvest. Um, I, I did all of that, uh, while I was trying to figure my life out. (laughs) So it was, it was humiliating. It was very awful for everyone. Um, moving back home with my parents after, being on your own, uh, that's a hard transition. Um, yeah, so it, that was, that was not fun. Um, after that semester, I realized that the only thing that I could do well in school that would keep me like motivated, uh, was sports. So when I was playing softball, I tore my shoulder to pieces. Um, I, I was always an infielder. And then when I got to college, they saw how fast I was they thought I'd be a good outfielder. I said, no, my shoulder is not sturdy enough to be an outfielder. And they said, I don't care. They put me out there anyway. Um, again, tore it to pieces. Uh, I learned a lot about the game though. Uh, I didn't play a lot, but I did, uh, I was keeping books a lot, uh, every game I would keep the book. So I learned a lot mentally about the game, uh, which helped me when I started coaching high school softball, uh, that, next coming spring. So instead of playing, uh, I w- got into coaching. I coached uh, like 15, 16 year old girls in high school back at my hometown high school. Um, and if you want a good form of birth control, I tell you coach high school girls because holy moly, I apologize to my mom uh, for being an asshole to her during that age, because oh, just the way those girls talk to their parents, i It was, it was rough, but I had a lot of fun uh, doing it outside of their attitudes. It was a lot of fun. Um, So when I was in school that at this point back to uh, when I went to school in lacrosse, I decided that sports management uh, was something that I got excited about and I didn't really get excited about school. So that was a plus. So um, I figured it was at that point when I started thinking about the marsh a little bit. uh, So with sports management. Is basically a business course geared towards sports, so I still took like accounting classes. I took business management, all that other good stuff. Um, so I did that. I still didn't like school, uh, but I learned a little bit. And it was at that time, that following summer in 2012, when I worked for the Lacrosse Loggers, which is a Northwoods League baseball team. So it's a collegiate team. Uh, so uh, college baseball players from across the country uh, came. To this league, and they—that uh, was a team that I worked for, and that's where I met Dan. That summer, um, he was an announcer, and I was just a regular old intern. So I was—I was doing work, <laughs> and he was just up in the booth calling games. Uh, so we—we we were acquaintances. He snuck me into bars because I was twenty, and everyone else was twenty-one. So I was left out, and he made sure I wasn't left out because uh, he knew a lot of people. Uh, that could, <laughs> that were bouncers that could get me into places. So um, after that summer, he went to school in Whitewater. I was still in the cross, so we kind of parted ways, and I didn't see him again uh, for a couple years. Um, so when I was still in college, I, I did another summer with the loggers, um, and then the following summer, so 2014, I don't remember what I did. I coached softball. Oh, I coached 12 and under softball. Um, and that was fun. It was fun coaching younger girl girls. And then after that, uh, that following winter. So 20. I don't remember what year it was 2013, 2014, 2015. <laughs> they all kind of blend together. Uh, one of those years I, I, packed up I moved down to Iowa to work with a minor league baseball team this was kind of my goal was to continue working in baseball so I really like community relations so I liked sharing my passion with people and that's kind of what community relations is is getting uh, the community involved with uh, your team so doing um, events bringing players to events uh, you know just getting involved with the community through your organization I really enjoyed that aspect I I got to meet a lot of really cool people, um, during that time. Uh, and while I was down there, uh, working, so the team that I worked for was Houston Astros affiliate. So, um, right after the draft, the Astros had the first round draft pick of that year. And the first round pick was Alex Bregman. Uh, if you follow the Astros at all, you know who this is. He's a pretty big deal. Um, so he, the following, like the week he, he got picked for the draft. He came to our bar, our ballpark. He was the first like call up, uh, that he went to. So, um, that day I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off. It was early enough in the season that it was chaos. Like his whole job was chaos. I was working like a hundred hours a week. No joke. I was sleeping at the ballpark. Um, like it was just it was a disaster. It was so much work. Um, while I'm still trying to go to school. So it it, put that on the back burner. So Alex Bregman, he's this hotshot kid. Um, I'm running around the ballpark the day that he's coming. I am like running upstairs to get something. And we have these really heavy metal doors that separated like our front office to like the, the tunnel where the, um, locker rooms are and stuff for the players and I was running through there I threw this door open super hard because I was in a hurry and I it just like stopped it it, I hit something and I was like oh no uh and I peeked my head around and there's Alex Fregman I hit him in the face his first day and I thought oh uh, I just broke the star player and I just like looked at him, my eyes were so huge. And I was like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I hope you're okay. And I just took off running. I'm like, I'm going to get fired. Uh, he was okay. I don't think he remembers it, but I do. It was terrifying. So I was down in Iowa for one season. Um, and it was at this point. I, I was trying to take a, an accounting class. I needed just like two more classes to graduate uh, from my college. And one was an accounting class. And one was like some bullshit, just philosophy class or something. Uh, if you don't know by now, I'm terrible with numbers. So accounting was really hard. and It was an accelerated class. So it was like a six-week class. It was like crumming an entire semester into six weeks because it was an online. And that was the only thing I could take at the time while still trying to work. I failed this class miserably. So that meant I couldn't graduate. And one of the hardest things I've ever had to do is call my mom. Uh, The day that I found out I failed that class, I got a job offer from the Milwaukee Brewers, which was my, my ultimate dream. And I called my mom sobbing. And I said, mom, I failed. I'm not, I'm not going back to school. I'm, I'm quitting with one, one class short of graduating college like i i'm i need to take this job this is what i want to do if they're willing to accept me without a degree i'm taking it and she said no you are not you are turning that job down you are going back to school you're getting your degree i don't care and once you get out of sports industry you it's very very hard to get back in if they see a gap there's in your in your resume there's no way you're getting back in uh, so that was that was devastating uh, because my parents were, um, very graciously funding my college for me. So I felt like I couldn't say no to to that. Um, so I, I, I was heartbroken. Um, baseball broke my heart into a million pieces. I, I've come to terms that at that point that I've never had my heart broken the way that baseball broke my heart. Like it was devastating for me not to take that job with the brewers, uh, and no, and like go back to school. That was shitty. (laughs) Like it was really awful because that dream that I had chased so hard, just abruptly came to a stop because I couldn't figure out accounting. Um, I still don't know accounting. Like it, and it makes me so mad But if, you know, if I wouldn't have failed that class, I wouldn't be where I'm at now. And I wouldn't have come back. I would have met Dan and I wouldn't have, you know, all these so many great opportunities. I wouldn't have Porter, like, you know, at the time it's so awful, but now looking back on it, it's like, I needed to go through that to come be where I'm at now. Um, So after I wrapped up the season in Iowa, kind of towards the end of the summer, i'd come back home like once every month or so i'd come back home and every time i would leave every time i would pull out of my parents driveway i would start sobbing like uncontrollably sob and it wasn't until the end of the summer that i just put and I, I like i couldn't figure out why i was crying like i'm i'm so used to being home like i get homesick very easily so i just kind of assumed it was that but then it just kind of hit me it's like there's a reason you're so upset leaving here and and maybe the reason you're so upset is because you know you belong here and you don't belong in the quote unquote big city you know like everything like I never felt I was at home until I was home and and that's when it kind of clicked like oh maybe I should start thinking about coming back to the marsh um so i wrapped up my my season down in Iowa. I moved back home. I moved back to La Crosse to finish school. So that was in September. Um, and I, I started classes again uh, and I, I did that. I was done with classes that winter uh, and I started and I didn't know what I was gonna do. I had no idea. Um, and then an opportunity came to me uh, in December or right before I finished classes uh, that the local bridal shop in town was looking for uh, a prom manager to sell prom dresses to be in charge of the prom department. And one of my professors said, as crazy as it seems, I think you'd be a great fit for this. So I went and I interviewed, got the job. and started working at a bridal salon. So I went from baseball to brides and it was actually a lot of fun. So I, I worked with uh, selling prom dresses. And then um I did that. And then I started getting into men's wear. So I would be measuring uh guys for suits. I would be picking out suits for weddings, prom, you know, that whole thing. And then I got into bridal and I started selling uh bridal gowns, uh styling brides, uh, picking out bridesmaid dresses, like that whole thing. And that was really fun. Um, I I still love doing that, but I didn't see a future for myself there. And after that, I went into marketing at a bank. Uh, and boy, was that a ride. Um, I started dating Dan uh, towards the tail end of my wedding dress, my bridal consultant days. So we started dating in that time. So I don't know when this is 2015, 2016 now. Um, so we started dating in that point And then I started working marketing at a bank. Uh, I, I didn't mind the job. I just didn't like who I was working for. It was, I learned a lot about myself during that time though. I learned of what I considered good leadership uh, in a boss and what I didn't like, uh, which would be very helpful for me later. I learned how to communicate uh, pr- more more professionally. <laughs> uh I learned like how to communicate as an adult in a, in a job setting at that, in that role too. So that was, it was a good growing position for me, hated it. So then I, uh, took a job with a college hockey team in lacrosse, did that for like a month. And then I quit that because I was terrible at it. And I went back to the marsh Uh, and I started working, um, right before harvest, uh, God, I don't know what year it is (laughs) at this point, 2017, 20 something. Uh, yeah, 2017, I think. Um, so right around that time, Dan proposed, and then I went back home to work, uh, full time. So I had to ask my parents for permission to come back home and work. And, uh, they, they said, yes. Um, my dad agreed pretty quickly. And my mom, I think it took her a little bit to come to terms with the fact that I was willing to do, uh, my dad's job, uh, and that it was going to be me that was going to be working, um, instead of my brother, even though Rusty, he, he is, um, like I said, he's very smart. He works down at Madison at the Capitol, I don't know what his official job title is. He I couldn't tell you. I don't know what he does. I'm sorry if he's listening. I don't think he listens, but if he is, I'm sorry. Maybe I'll have you come on and, and explain to the people. <laughs> I don't know what he does. Um, but he's a pretty big deal. And he also is a very good, he also lobbies for the cranberry industry too. So he everyone there knows him as Rusty the Cranberry Guy. Um, which is which is fun. I'm glad. <laughs> he's got that reputation down there too and he he is a big supporter of everything that i do um but when he heard that i wanted to come back he was very wary of the fact that i would be doing the laboring um like i would be doing labor because he knew how labor intensive it was and didn't know if i could handle it or not so that was extra motivation for me to prove him wrong um to show that i can do it so i did i did um i've been Doing everything. So, my first year back was very intimidating for me because growing up, I don't know if I said this already, like I felt like my dad kind of showed my brother more of the ropes, gave him kind of taught him a little bit more growing up. And I was just kind of the tag along. I was just there for the ride, whereas Rusty got kind of more of a hands on experience and I didn't have that. So, there's no uh, handbook for growing cranberries. It's all secondhand knowledge so I like you have to really pay attention uh to and figure out what's going on you can't just like read a book and be like oh yep this is how it this is how it is uh so I had to really pay attention and and shadow my dad and really notice what he was doing and trying to keep up with everything that he was telling me so I didn't look like a fool um and and being the only girl you know, doing the labor out here, I had to prove to everyone else that I, I could keep up and that I, that I wasn't just hired because I was the boss's daughter. Um, and I, I didn't have anything else going on in my life. Like I wanted to prove that I could do it. And I, I did, I busted my butt. Um, and I, I was, you know, slinging 50 pound fertilizer bags, all afternoon long with with the best of them um was i tired absolutely was i still getting up at 3 45 every day from march until october yep (laughs) uh i i needed to put in my time to to prove that i could do it so i did my first year was exhausting um learned a lot uh I try to get involved in as many committees and organizations as I could, and I'm still keeping up with all that, trying to learn more every day. Um, and and that's that. Dan's doing the same. You know, he didn't have a farm background he married in, and he's trying to to learn from not only my dad but from me as well. Um, and and that's kind of my my story and um, from. <laughs> where I started from to where I'm at now, um, I don't want to repeat stories that I've talked about before, but, uh, that's a little bit more in depth of how I came from not from wanting to be a vegetarian (laughs) to growing cranberries, uh, with my family. So, um, I think in an upcoming episode, we're going to talk about what it's like working with family, all the hardships, all of the great things that come with it. Um, so stay tuned for that. I, I'll have more, more in-depth conversation about that later. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's kind of my story. Where, I, in a nutshell, where I came from. Um, hopefully that was entertaining. I don't I don't know how to end this properly. I guess that just that was just a very quick end of the story conversation. Uh, oh, someone. <laughs> uh, I, I put up a question box asking people for recommendations, what they wanted me to talk about. And, uh, Kayla wanted to hear my worst date story. So, uh, I told her, I'd try to work that into the story. Totally forgot about it till now. So here is, here's my worst date. Just a second. I need some water. <clears throat> okay. So when I was coaching 12 and under softball, I, uh, there's a really cute umpire, not gonna lie. He was very cute. Um, we went on a date. <laughs> uh, we went on a date. Um, I thought he really liked me. Uh, it turns out he only, if we went out to dinner. Uh, we went out to dinner, got a couple drinks, whatever. Um, that was that. And then he sent me a message uh, he kind of ghosted me for a couple days. I was like, whatever, that's fine. I was, I didn't, I wasn't looking for a relationship really at the time. I just was playing the field, if you know what I mean. And he, after like a couple of weeks, he sent me a message and he's like, Hey, my cousin's coming to town, uh, because there is some fest going on that weekend. And He's like, my cousin's coming to town. She's only 20. Um, but she's got blonde hair Brown eyes like you, she's about your size. Uh so I was wondering if you had an uh an old ID laying around. <laughs> because I would like her to come downtown with me. But you know, she she's underage and I thought she you might be able to have uh <laughs> you might be able to give her a fake ID, your old ID that she could use a fake. And uh I was like, uh no, that's weird. Like you what? <laughs> so come to find out he's dating this girl uh that was like five years younger than him and he was only dating me so he could uh convince me to give him my old driver's license so she could come up and get drunk at the bars with him so that was that wasn't the best that was kind of weird uh so I had a few choice words for him and uh, (laughs) uh thankfully I didn't have him as an ump anymore uh, otherwise, I would have kicked dirt all over his shoes because that's very uncomfortable. <laughs> Getting dirt in your cleats like that, ugh, I hate that feeling. Um, so anyway, that, that's that's my worst date. <laughs> um, okay, I'm I'm gonna stop talking now. I need some more water. I'm tired. Um, so thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll uh, we'll have a more a more better episode next week. (laughs) You made it this far. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye.